0: What's the best way to present your pricing and packages to potential clients? Well, I see a range of approaches in the wedding industry, from one option only to a la carte, and probably the most popular, base package plus a la carte. But research shows these ways can create pushback and analysis paralysis, among a ton of other issues. Tune in this week to learn how many options is ideal for your couple, why framing works, how to make expensive options look more affordable, and when to split up the sale and how to do it. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales pricing and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. So if you tune into our Instagram, which is at IDActionConsulting, you know that a couple of weeks ago, Katie and I took the kids on a family vacation. We went to the Dominican Republic. It was a long, exhaustive search, and there was a lot of pressure on it. So when we finally showed up in the DR at our resort, I was kinda nervous, but I gotta tell you, it was incredible. We stayed at this property called Sublime Samana, and it's up in the north coast on Las Terrenas, which is a bit of a peninsula, and it's just like an hour, hour and a half away from the Amman property. It's a cool stretch of beach. And we got a three bedroom house right at the edge of the property before you ran into the water. And there was nothing to do there, but swim in the sea, lay on the beach with a book, and chat with our kiddos while playing cards and board games when it rained or at night. Now, looking back on eight or nine days of this, my very strongly introverted wife remarked, it was a lot of togetherness. One of the things that I love to do in other foreign countries is to drink the local beer, it's a tradition I started in 2008 when I went to Jamaica and I fell in love with Red Stripe. Now, in the Dominican Republic, it's called Presidente, or at least that's one of them, which is funny because that's what my friends and teammates called me in baseball, particularly because I was the senior class president. But mostly because my baseball coach said that my weak arm strength as a pitcher but craftiness on the mound reminded him of a player in the majors whose nickname was El Presidente. So when I saw the beer in Dominican Republic, I knew that it was the one for me. On a rainy afternoon towards the end of the trip, I was teaching our 13-year-olds how to play cribbage. Now, if you play cribbage, you know it's not a simple game. So imagine teaching it to a couple of kids for the first time. It was pretty slow going with all the counting and pegging and shuffling. So I nursed one of my presidentes to numb the pain a little bit. Now, a few beers were in the fridge at the regular 12-ounce size. So I went to the refrigerator, I got one of them, and I sat down at the table. And a little while later, I decided I was going to get another one. But I didn't have any more of the 12-ounce sizes. So I got the backup. Now, the backup that I got was from the grocery store, and it was a big backup. It was the big boy. The biggest one that they had at the store was about a liter, so about 32 ounces, 33 ounces. I pulled it out of the fridge, and I set it down next to the empty 12-ounce bottle, and I realized how teeny tiny that regular-sized bottle was when compared to the bigger bottle. It looked enormous. Here's where things get a little crazy for me. Immediately, I went to a place of how this is the same thing that couples, your couples see and feel when they look at properly presented packages and pricing. I looked over at Katie when we were playing cribbage and I was like, Hey babe, look at this. This is just like the same thing that couples go through and she just shook her head and went back to her book. But I want to share some of the insights with you on why these are so similar. Now, Again, if you're following on IG, you might have checked out our stories and you saw that I did a little photo video that got really good traction and now I'm going to follow up on it and I'm going to include a bunch of other principles of behavioral science in today's episode. I want to focus on three things. Number one, single option aversion. Number two, what's called the paradox of choice. And then number three, the framing effect, which is what happened in part with the bottles of beer. But before we jump into the details of how to present your packages and pricing successfully, I want to start with some insights into how many options to present with your pricing. One of the biggest challenges I see for wedding pros to get more bookings, to book bigger packages, to get higher conversion rates is how you present your pricing because your pricing is not just your pricing and how you present it is going to make a big impact on the outcome. So there are really two ends of the spectrum. One option especially for you full-service planners. This is a very popular way to go. But on the other option, the other side of the spectrum, I see a la carte or a la carte added on to a base package. I'm going to talk about these ends of the spectrum. One option and then lots of options, all right? And then we're going to talk about some of the stuff in the middle. The problem with having one option is this general aversion called single-option aversion that people have to making a decision when they only have one thing presented in front of them. And some of the issues that we run into is that it takes away control. Control that human beings want and need in their lives. They want to feel like they are in charge of their outcome. And so when you only present one option, oftentimes it feels like they're having control taken away. And that creates what's called psychological reactance. Now, depending on the situation, it could be a high level of reactance or it could be a low level of reactance. But either way, when you take away that control, it feels like you're being painted into a corner or given an either or an ultimatum situation. That doesn't always work out well. It also reduces the ability of the person who's deciding on whatever it is that you're offering to compare one option versus another. And that is helpful because... When you can compare options side by side, apples to apples to apples, or apples to bananas to oranges, it allows us to understand the differences between the options. In fact, that's one of the ways that we learn. We do this as babies. We start to categorize and organize and sort things, and then we look for the differences between them, and we put them into different piles. And that's what couples are doing in part when they're looking at whatever it is that you offer for your vendor category. So... What they're looking for when they compare specifically is why, A, one thing is better or worse than the other, and then also, B, what the relative value is between those different options, all right? So why one thing is better or worse than the other, and why one should be or could be more expensive or less expensive than the other. Now, there was this really famous, or at least famous to the people like me who geek out on behavioral science and economics, case study that was done with dvd players a little while back and here here's what the experiment was there were three different groups and one group was a group of people participants who were looking at a single dvd player as an option to purchase and it was i think it was a sony or, or a phillips and all the features were listed out and the price point was listed out and people were asked would you buy this dvd player or not and something like eight percent chose to purchase the DVD player when given that one option. The second group was given one option as well, but it was a different DVD player, the Sony or the Philips or whatever it was. And it had basically the same features at roughly the same price point. And out of those people, 9% chose to purchase the DVD player. So 8% in group one when given one choice, 9% in group two when given one choice. The third option for the third group was to choose between one DVD player or the other. So they were not presented one, but they were presented two DVD players, the same two from the first parts of the study. And when they were presented these two different DVD players and and people were allowed to look at and compare the features and the price points, something like 33% chose one option and 34% chose another. And it was a total of something like 66, 67% of the participants chose one or the other. So the total is what matters. Two-thirds, 67% chose to make a purchase when given more than one option. And the reason why this is important is because if you're only offering one option, you are lowering the chance that the person is going to make a decision to choose yours or even to choose any if they don't have more options to look at. It's also one of the reasons why when somebody falls in love with your option, they go out in search of another one, and even if they were really excited for yours, they might have found something they compared it to, and now they're off looking at that one. Now, DVD players, who even has those anymore? So let's talk about some real examples in the wedding industry. Let's look at a planner who only does full service planning. Not day of, not month of, not even partial services. Often, the first vendor chosen is the planner. And so it's the toughest and most expensive choice. They know nothing. The couple knows nothing. Their family knows nothing. And so what they need to do is they need to get comparisons. And so the best way to make your full service planning look more affordable and easier to choose is to provide some options. Importantly, if you are in the premium or especially if you're in the luxury, ultra luxury market, because you're charging a lot, you need to make your services look approachable even for millionaires and billionaires. And the best way to do that is to put another option that is higher priced right next to the one that you want them to choose, because that's going to make the one that you want them to choose look less expensive. So for instance, if you're a a full service planner and you're charging $10,000, what you want to do is create a second option, at least a second option that is say $15,000. When you have 15 next to the 10, the 10 looks like a deal. This is like the 33-ounce bottle of beer next to the 12-ounce bottle of beer. The 12-ounce bottle looks teeny tiny. Now, you can do this with photography, right? Same with photography, videography, any other vendor field that you're in. In catering, which is my background, largely my background, if you want to make a $200 bottle of Dom Perignon look inexpensive, the best way to do that is to put a $600 bottle of Cristal right next to it. All of a sudden, that $200 looks pretty approachable. Now, if you are a planner, for instance, in this case, and the pushback that I hear from a lot of planners is, well, I only do full service. But you can do full service, and you can still come up with more expensive options. Full service typically means full service for the wedding day. But you could do full service for other days of the wedding weekend as well. And you could look at adding design elements or guest or destination management as an additional part of the services that you offer. That's how you start with something like, say, 10K for full service day day big day wedding and you end up moving to you know 20 or $25,000 package because it includes the full wedding weekend and design and guest management now venues often ask me how to create options when they do the same thing with every wedding same tables chairs linens china glass silver, staffing cleanup all of that stuff everything's the same what you want to do is you want to look at different rates for different dates and the key here is to make your peak saturdays very expensive That's like that big package that makes the Fridays and Sundays and weekdays, if that's a possibility, look even more appealing. Now, I did this because remember, I sold directly for almost 10 years at a resort, and we had varying site fees depending on the day of the week and the time of the year. And we were able to offer site fees at a range from sometimes $0 when they charge for food and beverage, no site fee, all the way up to $9,500 for the site fee. So, there can be a massive range. And it was a very, very good way for us not to necessarily make more money on our peak Saturdays, which we did, but really what we wanted to do was use it to sell Fridays and Sundays. And the best way to make $5,500 for a Friday or a Sunday look pretty approachable is to have a $9,500 price next to it. You know, you can use this if you are in a business that offers associates. You can use your associate and principal pricing as a way to create differentiators and value or savings depending on what you want to sell. So let's say you are the principal photographer. You want to, say, offer $5,500 for your services, but you can charge $4,250 for an associate. So now the $4,250 looks like a very approachable price for your buyer if they can't afford $5,500 for yours. Caterers aren't the only ones who can use different options for their menus. It's easy to do that when you're in, say, floral. In floral, you can create different options based on quantity and quality of the floral work. So let's say you wanted to offer a centerpiece. That centerpiece could be the size of a softball, a bowling ball, or a beach ball. You could offer for the bridal bouquet, a bouquet that's primarily roses, or maybe it has the Lula Valley, or maybe it could just be dripping, oozing with phallos. Or if you're doing a ceiling installation, it could have a thousand stems or 5,000 stems or 10,000 stems. So you're giving people options and you're using it to steer them to make a decision. Now, I, I get a lot of people who tell me, well, the client only wants one option. They told me that they wanted eight hours, two photographers and an engagement session. Do I still give them more than one option? Or maybe you're working downstream in the luxury segment from a planner who inquires with you and says, hey, this is exactly what the couple needs. You still want to provide options. Here's why. It provides the context that the couple needs to evaluate the, the value and the features that you offer. The couple needs this. The planner may not, but the couple does. It also allows you to put more of your name in the hat so that when the couple pulls one name out, it's more likely to be yours. Let's just look at it this way. If three people are referred by the planner and each one puts one in, you're, you have a chance of one in three to win that business. But if you put three in and the others put only one in, then you have three and five of the chances. Now I know it's not just randomly pulling a name out of the hat, but your odds are certainly better the more options you have in the mix. It also allows the couple to look at upgrading themselves to a higher package. Now, again, we talked about that psychological reactance. People don't like being forced to do something. They don't like being told that they have to do this. And they certainly don't like being sold on doing something. So what you can do is you can allow a set of options so that people can take a look at what it is that they could make a decision on in their in their power, in their control. And so that's a great way to get somebody to upgrade themselves. And at the very least, It sets up the opportunity and even primes the couple to consider an upgrade later. You plant the seed, you feed and water it, and then eventually you pick the fruit. We're going to talk about this here in just a minute. Now one of the ways that I see a lot of you wedding pros work around this whole idea of a single option is by having a base package and then a bunch of all cart options listed. Now this works against you for a few different reasons. It overwhelms the couple with the paradox of choice. More options isn't always better. Sometimes more options can have a reverse effect where it makes it even harder for people to make a choice. It causes analysis paralysis. There's too many things to consider. It also makes it really hard to see the differences between the options when you have 15 different options or 10 different options or even six, seven, or eight options, it's harder to compare things side by side. We just don't have enough short-term memory to access so that we can compare and actually notice what the differences are with accuracy. It also takes a lot more time for people to go through lots of different options. It makes the memory work harder and it jumbles their priorities. When everything is important, nothing is important. You've got to make it clear how your services Help them get what they want the most. Don't focus on everything because the most important things that you do will get lost. It also increases what's called cognitive load or how much energy it takes to make the decision. And that taps into system two thinking, which is the logical, rational, slower part of the brain. So the more that the brain has to work, the less likely it is to be able to do so for longer periods of time. And ultimately, decision fatigue can set in and the couple will just give up On making the choice. We see this happen all the time when people are like, you know what, I'm just not even going to make a choice. And they go away for days or weeks or sometimes even months before they come back because they finally feel pressured because of a shortness of time or, uh, you know, the choices are, are all of a sudden limited. And all of this is, is a form of ego depletion. Now, imagine you have 100 units of energy to think about what choice you want to make. The more options, the more areas to consider, and the more thinking you have to do. So you use up more energy. And at some point, with a capped amount of units of energy, you're going to run out of reserves and you're going to stop actively working to make the decisions. And that's what happens when ego depletion occurs. It's one of the reasons why you shouldn't go through tons of information on a discovery call, including your packages and pricing. At some point, people run out of energy. They run out of steam. Also, why you shouldn't send over the contract and deposit request with the proposal. You send over a proposal with a bunch of information, then you send over a contract filled with legalese and a request for them to pay you money, and then they have to think about all of these things at once. It's no wonder that they're just putting away the proposal so uh, this is something i see especially with certain crms where the default option is to send out the contract invoice with the proposal this is killing conversion rates and if you use more than one but not an overload of options you'll allow them to use their emotional brains to make the decisions this is what ego depletion kicks in the system one part is an emotional easy autopilot decision making approach but then if you, if you tap into too much thinking, they're going to they're gonna end up running out of this, this logical, rational part. And so you want to make sure that you have made it easy for them to make those choices. So if you use the right number of options, it's easier to make those choices, especially if all of the other wedding vendors are tiring them out or creating that psychological reactance. This is especially important for higher priced items. Often the default for base plus add-ons and is to settle on the base because people get tired and the the easy option is right there just to choose the one that's been laid out for them. And so they'll stop thinking about whether or not they should add on extra or Y or Z or A, or B or C or whatever it may be. And they'll just go with the base and then they'll go, you know what, I'm just going to add on the a la carte later. And then they never do. All right. So What we really wanna focus on here is recognizing how important it is to find the right number of options to choose. I also wanna make sure that there's a distinction here when you're looking at base plus add-on in the initial part of the sale, that that's different, very different, than breaking up two different parts of the sale into two or more pieces. Now, I'm gonna give you an example here that's based on restaurants. I think everybody can understand this. I worked in restaurants for a dozen years before I got into weddings and hotels. And everyone comes into a restaurant wanting an entree or, you know, almost everybody, but only some will order a dessert. All right. So it would be great for you as a waiter if you've got everybody to order a dessert and to do it all at once. But it's rarely done. Why do people rarely order dessert when they order their entrees? Because it requires them to make too many choices at one time. Not only are they choosing their drinks and entrees and maybe an appetizer, but then when you throw in the toughest one of all, the fattening dessert. Are they even going to get one? How do they fight that temptation? How much willpower do they have to not get it? If they do get one, will they still be hungry by the time it arrives? And if if they do end up getting one because they know that they're going to be hungry, which one are they actually going to get on the dessert menu? Now, if you ever waited tables, you know how important it is to turn the tables as fast as possible because that means you get more tips. Shorter table time. More guests, more guests throughout the evening, equals more food and drinks order. More food and drinks order equals more tips for you. So it's really important to make it easy for people to make a decision. And that's why we don't overwhelm them with having to choose dessert at the very beginning. Let me give you a quick hint here. If you want to speed up things and still get diners to order dessert, here's what I used to do at the restaurants that I worked at. Shortly after the entrees were dropped, I'd check back, see how everything was then. A few minutes later, I'd run for food at a different table in my section or even offer to do it for somebody else's section. But I'd be sure to walk by my table with a dessert tray or with a couple of different desserts that I was dropping off. And I would do it really slowly to make sure that my table that was five, six, eight minutes into their dinner saw the yummy treats. Now. That was me priming them. Then I'd go back a few minutes later to remind them to save room for dessert or to let them know we could always box one up if they wanted to eat it at home in their stretchy pants while watching their favorite show. All right, so if you are a photographer and you are looking to stretch the sale into two different parts, this is what you do with albums. And it's why I'm against, in general, album sales with a package because. You're trying to do everything at once. Don't do everything at once, especially before you get the sale committed. They're choosing between hours of coverage, number of days, number of photographers, whether to do an engagement session or not. And that's a lot. That's a ton for a couple to make a decision on. But then you add in if they want an album, how many pages, what size pages, what kind of cover, do the parents want albums? These are too many choices to make. And it leads to that ego depletion, decision fatigue, And there's not any progress on getting the contract and deposit for the big day coverage, which is what you really want. So instead, get them to go with you as their wedding photographer. Then wait to make the upsell. Prime them for it after the initial purchase, like I did, walking by the tables with those yummy-looking desserts. And then when the time is right, make the pitch. Oftentimes, that's one, two, maybe three months out as the budget starts to get locked into place and guest lists are finalized. If you are a DJ sell your DJ music services first and then look at adding on lighting and photo booths later because that may make it easier for people to make decisions. If you're a stationer, sell your invitation suites and then look at upgrading them to event branding or other paper goods along the way. If you are a planner, you could sell event management and then offer consultation services for budgeting or timeline development or vendor selection, design or guest management. The key is to make it easy for people to buy. And that means that you have to make a decision to go with one of your packages first. This is sometimes called the Goldilocks method. And the reason why is because if you have too few options in front of you, people will resist making a purchase like they did with the DVD players. But if you have too many options, people will get overwhelmed and or confused, and then they can't make a decision to go with one option or another, like with photo albums three is just right it provides the context for the features to be compared apples to apples the price to be compared apples to apples but it also gives them the psychological power of control and that's really important for people that and it shows the relative value between the options and the prices and finally, if you are selling high priced items, it can make expensive items look more affordable because you can put a decoy price at a higher price point and make the middle option look more approachable. So if you're on the right track with your packages and pricing, amazing. I love that. If you're not, I hope you picked up what you need to get going in the right direction with this episode. And if you want help or an expert perspective, just reach out to me, Sam at IDActionConsulting.com or you can visit idactionconsulting.com or dm me on instagram i am the one behind the dms at ID Action Consulting. you get my advice on what to do with your packages a little change makes a big impact on your overall success and done right you could be spending more time on vacation drinking the local beer presidente or whatever else is on hand and swimming in the warm waters with ones you love boom that's it for this episode on own your business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know, I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through.